Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. From burnout and exhaustion to joy and fulfillment. Through the act of serving consciously, it's time to rediscover your passion. It's live with Elizabeth and guests on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Serving Consciously. I'm your host, Elizabeth Bishop, and as always, I'm always so grateful that you have uh, decided to join me today. We talk in this hour about conscious service. We've been doing that all year, and at this time of year, it always feels like a really good opportunity to take stock, to slow things down a little bit, reflect upon all that we've experienced over the last 12 months. And for me, I don't know about you, but for me, 2017 was a doozy. So I've really been reflecting on that for the last little while and um, wanted to spend time in this last show of 2017 to talk about that a little bit more. So this time of year, it's often a time for gathering and celebration. And it's also true, though, that any difficult feelings, any loneliness or isolation, any struggles or fears or disappointments can feel magnified. Sometimes we have high expectations about feeling a certain way or, you know, um, engaging in certain activities. And, and sometimes that can be, can leave us a little bit hollow or empty. So today I'd like to take a different kind of perspective and I'd like to engage in a bit of a process that can be helpful as this year comes to a close and a new one begins. So I've been reflecting a lot on the many conversations that I've had the honor of having with so many guests on the show this year. Each guest has been so amazing and offered so graciously their wisdom and insights related to various aspects of what conscious service means to them and their own personal and professional experiences. Some of the highlights though, I wanted to, it felt to me like there were some themes that kept kind of coming up over the course of the year that were particularly meaningful to me personally in my journey right now. And that's really what this kind of a process is about, to, to tune into what um, is really holding meaning for you right now in this moment. I reflect back on my conversation with Dr. Gabor Matei when we looked at the um, concept of compassionate curiosity and the ideas of self-compassion. And that really spoke to me because I could see in my own life that that um, is sometimes lacking. The self-compassion piece is lacking. And I think that that's common for many of us who identify with being service providers in the world. We're, we're quite comfortable in giving and showing up for other people until suddenly maybe we feel depleted or disillusioned and realize that we were leaving ourselves out of the compassion equation. So that one was really powerful for me. And my conversation with Christopher Watecki um, and Serious Joy, that service and that um, approach has been a lifeline for me over this past year. And again, 
the concept of self-love was repeated for me um, in, in that conversation that we had, as well as looking at the capacity to receive or the, the state of receptivity from a different kind of perspective. And, um, and to me, when I think about being in service with other people, I'm constantly reminding myself that it really is a reciprocal interaction. It isn't all about the outflow of energy all the time. It's also about how do I receive the gifts that are inherent in being in this kind of interaction with somebody. Dr. Jeffrey Rubin was a guest on the show and, and really got me thinking a lot about the idea of paradox and blending philosophical approaches and perspectives. And it really expanded my ideas around uh, conscious service and what that actually means in my life. And I started to realize that so much of the principles of conscious service really exist in the gray area. And a lot of um, what has emerged for me as I've been developing this, the conscious service approach has been the fact that much of what we've been, I guess, conditioned to believe that service is about really um, requires a perspective shift and a paradigm shift. So that was really powerful for me as well. I welcomed Cameron Steele back in November and we focused on gratitude, which, you know, you can never have enough gratitude, right? And we talked a lot, though, in that show about having gratitude for the things that we might not actually feel thankful for. And how do we learn to be gracious, I suppose, and to bring grace into those situations that are challenging to say thank you for. And in my, my last show, um, at the beginning of December, I spoke with Melee Kramer about expressive healing arts and using the, you know, sort of the other side of our brain and other capacities besides language and words to pay tribute and honor um, all of our experiences. And we spoke quite a bit in that show, too, about grief and loss and trauma and coming at it from a different um, angle in order to really provide an opportunity for healing of our souls. And Erica Lynn Jones, um, when, when she was on the show, we talked about the word, choosing your word. And I'd like to kind of start there because that was something that I practiced at the beginning of 2017. I found this year, actually, to back up for a second, to be a year of extremes Highs and lows, a lot of unexpected events, sometimes feeling like I was taking two steps forward and then one step back. But then when I thought about that, I thought, you know, a lot of the times that is what we're doing, right? We're forging ahead and trying to create a new space. And then we kind of step back a little bit and decide again, am I ready to go that route? Or do I need to revisit an old pattern, an old habit or something just one more time? But I st started 2017 in a bit of a slump. And uh, coming into the new year, I felt really, really kind of low in my energy and um, everything seemed really quiet. And, um, you know, everything inside of me wanted to resist it. And maybe some of you can relate to that. I think when we often when we get into those challenging feelings and those difficult states, that one of our very first instincts is to, you know, try to run for the hills and like, just let me get past this and resist it. And we fail to take the opportunity to learn from it. I was just reading something today, actually, where, and I have been hearing this phrase a few times over the last few weeks, the dark night of the soul, and uh, the opportunities that lie in that dark 
spot or those dark times in our lives. And I really noticed that at the beginning of this year and kind of went into that space and, um, you know, woke up in the morning really feeling in a state of resistance and, and wishing I was feeling different and et cetera, et cetera. And then I realized, you know, what if I really use the opportunity to tune into what my heart really wants? Like, obviously, there must be something happening that my heart's not aligned with that isn't bringing me joy. Maybe there's some things I might need to change, some um, relationships I might need to alter, some activities that maybe are no longer serving you know, me or anyone else. And so I decided that I would take and, you know, as life does, it cooperated with me. As soon as I made the decision, I decided that I would take the opportunity to really explore what my heart felt about my life in that moment, all the little details, all the activities, all the tasks, and really try to honor what my heart wanted in each moment as much as I possibly could, just basically showing up for myself. And this went on for a few weeks. And, and when I had, you know, commitments and responsibilities and things that I had agreed to, to do and show up for, um, knowing that sometimes in that state, you don't always have the energy for that, I decided that I would, I would show up. And what I would do is I would pay attention to what my heart felt before engaging in the activity, how it felt during and how I felt afterwards to try to gain information about you know, was this something that I wanted to continue or was this one of the things I needed to shift? And, you know, all the while I would, you know, if I was doing a meditation or anything like that, I would visualize that moment. And, and maybe some of you can relate to this when the fog would lift, you know, that moment of relief where you'd think, okay, I just peeled back a layer and I'm coming back into a bit of light here. And just imagine that happening and what that feeling would be like. And it was, you know, some things were really obvious as I went through that process. Some things were um, so easy to say, this is something I have to let go of. I don't clearly don't want to do this particular thing anymore. This still lights me up. You know, once I sort of move through the, you know, some of the, the muck of it, you know, in the beginning, it lights me up and it's something that. I feel good doing and I feel good afterwards. And so I was just sort of taking note about that and um, paying attention to it. And so finally, when that moment came where the relief set in and the fog lifted, I had a lot more clarity, a lot more clarity about what was right for me, what was right for me in my own heart. So I would encourage you, if you're feeling anything like that at any time of the year, now, later, whenever it might be, to engage in something like that, to take it as an opportunity to listen to what your heart is telling you, what your spirit is telling you about what is right for you right now. Because it's so easy, isn't it, to just keep on doing the same old thing. We're in the routine. We keep on doing it because we said we were going to do it. And even if it doesn't light us up anymore, we keep on doing it because we made the commitment. And, you know, our soul's guidance is, is not there to just keep us doing the same old thing over and over again. It's there to help us along our path of evolution. Um, and so things may change. And there may be times when you look back on your life and, and feel like, wow, that was like a different lifetime. I know I've done that several times in this lifetime already. Um, or that where you feel like you're a totally different person. And then other times where you may feel like nothing ever changes, right? Maybe in that step backwards moment. But this year, I started to think too, wow, there was, you know, I was mentioning those surprises that came up. And I'd like to just give you a couple of questions here that you can use in your own process 
what took you by surprise this year? Whether you thought it was a quote unquote good surprise or a not so great surprise, what took you by surprise? What, what things happened that you didn't see coming? What did you learn through that experience? And how have you been transformed? I like to call questions like this powerful guiding questions. Um, I, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this on the show before, but it's something that um, really can get our brains and our hearts and our souls moving in the direction of understanding something. And, and you know, as soon as we say, I have a question, as soon as we ask a question, automatically our brain wants to start finding the answer. You know, and it's not necessarily just a logical process or a thought process, but something that we can open up to our open ourselves up to as far as our intuition and our soul's guidance is concerned as well and start to pay attention to the answers or the information that rolls in. And I find for me, powerful guiding questions usually start off with what or how, because, um, you know, when we're asking things like when we're sort of attached to something in the future, if we're asking why questions, you know, sometimes we're asking a question that's never going to have a good answer. Um, we might not be able to understand. Sometimes why questions uh, leave us feeling like we have to explain or justify something as well. So what and how questions can be very, they're more expansive and they can be very, very powerful in uh, gathering information. So those are a few questions that you can use as you engage in a bit of a reflective process here as the year comes to an end. So at the beginning of the year, getting back to the word of the year, I decided to practice this. I'd heard it a few times and then my friend Erica Jones and I had talked about it several times. And you know, for me, settling in on one word is a challenge. Settling in on just one thing, one thing to focus on is a challenge for me. I like to try to incorporate a lot of different energy in one word. But um, I did finally settle at the beginning of the year. I finally settled on the word embody. I decided that that would be an opportunity for me to be um, authentic, um, to be true to myself in a genuine way, to stand in my own integrity, and to really look at coming into a, a state of alignment in thought in word, in feeling, in my actions, in my belief systems, all of those things. You know, and so when you choose this word, at least for me anyways, when I choose the word, I kind of have this feeling attached to it that, you know, in choosing this word, I'm going to um, move myself into this state and that it's going to be blissful and, and peaceful. But I find that that's, that's one of the unexpected. That's one of the surprises. We choose a word and then we don't really have a lot of choice in how the opportunities show up for us to stay true to that word that we've chosen. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, there was a lot of different experiences that took place in my life over this year that had me, you know, um, challenged to embody uh, whatever was going on. I think when I chose the word, I wanted to embody the highest spiritual qualities that I could possibly access at any point in time. And maybe wasn't thinking so much about embodying just maybe some of my human feelings and emotions and experiences or, you know, thought processes, things like that, that were not necessarily as peaceful or as blissful. But that is what this year brought for me. So definitely the experiences can align in bringing you closer 
to the energy of the word that you choose. I have not settled on my word for next year. Um, I feel like some of my reflection around the process of, of creating the energy of the word in my life, I think I still need to do a little bit more of that before I settle on exactly what that's going to be. So I, if you did choose a word for the year, I would say that this is the perfect time to be reflecting on that, uh, how that energy has shown up for you over the course of this, this past year. Were there obstacles? Were there blessings? What were they? And I think in all of these questions with whatever is revealed to you, um, always trying to come back to that state of gratitude for, for what is. You know, I was I was just thinking about this earlier today as well, that, you know, acceptance does not mean that we have to like something. But acceptance is a state that we can move into that allows us to go beyond any resistance that we might be feeling. So for me this year, when I think about those questions, you know, once I, I got through that initial kind of low period at the beginning of the year, things kind of moved along. And... Um, and then I, I moved into a personal challenge, which I have mentioned on the show before. So anybody who's been uh, listening for a while, you may have heard me talk about this. My mom was uh, diagnosed with cancer at the end of May. And, um, and it was unexpected, very, very unexpected. And uh, it shifted, you know, the plans for the spring and the summer activities. And when I first got there uh, back home um, to Thunder Bay, I was in a total state of resistance. I did not want to be going there. I did not want to be going there for that purpose. It wasn't that I didn't want to be with my mom. I certainly did. But I, I just did not want to be going through it. I just did not want to. And I stayed in that state for probably a good week. And then uh, we had some you know, events take place. And I honestly, I remember the moment I had walked outside from the hospital. And it just came over me like... Um, just an epiphany that I was there. I had chose to be there, that it was actually a gift, even though there was a lot of difficulty and challenge and, and struggle that we were all going through. It was a gift. And in that moment, I just accepted that I was exactly where I needed to be. And layers of old stuff just were released in that moment of doing that. And they really were released. Like, you know, sometimes you let something go and then it comes back again a few weeks later and you take another round at it. This time it really did shift and release. And there was a lot of things, you know, that, that didn't matter anymore. And it was more about the, the gift of being present to what was happening. There were challenges within that and unexpected, you know, events within that process. But at the end of the day, it was very, very easy to say this is a gift. It's a gift of time. It's a gift of presence and connection. It's a gift for healing and forgiveness and release, uh, clarity. And it's a blessing to walk with somebody in those days at the end of their life. So that was an unexpected um, blessing that occurred in my life. So I would, I would ask you to reflect on what's happened for you this year that maybe wasn't pleasant or was very, very difficult or was huge and unexpected and look again at what were the learning opportunities and, and how did I grow through that? What did I learn about myself? How can I be grateful for the blessing? Then on the flip side, I returned back after three months in my hometown. I returned back home 
just in time to get right into the full swing of helping my son and, and daughter-in-law plan their wedding celebration, which took place about seven weeks after I got home. And that was so joyful and created so much happiness for me. And throughout that process, I kept, you know, I mean, there was certainly moments of stress. There was a lot of activity, a lot of things to do. And I kept coming back to, you know, just be grateful, be grateful again for the flexibility that you have in your life and the opportunity that you can take now in order to engage in this activity with, with your son and with your daughter and to be part of the celebration and just have fun through the process without so much attachment to the outcome. And that was a really big learning opportunity for me as well. So there was a huge contrast. There was the, the letting go of my mom as she transitioned to the next plane and the next phase. And then there was the welcoming and celebration of a new addition to our family. And I thought there was such beauty in that and such grace. And that made 2017 a very significant year for me, just those two events alone. So I'd like to take just a quick break right now, and we'll come back and carry on. You're listening to Serving Consciously. I'm your host, Elizabeth Bishop, and I'll be right back. part of your life mission to be of service to others? Making a difference in the world is a tall order. You are the resource when it comes to serving humanity. Beyond taking care of yourself, learn to create self-connection in your life. Integrate who you are with what you do find a source of inspiration and energy that surpasses your wildest imagination. Register for the Self-Connection Series at www.elizabethbishopconsulting.com Look under Programs and Services for details. Are you a helping professional looking for inspiration, resources, and community? Visit socialworkhelper.com for relevant articles and learning opportunities. Connect with other difference makers in the world. Socialworkhelper.com
Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Serving Consciously. I'm your host, Elizabeth Bishop. And I'm so pleased that you're here today. We're just talking about a process of honoring the uh, events of 2017, um, finding a way to reflect on the highlights and the challenges and the learning opportunities and all of the gifts that we've received through this year. Even if, you know, even if as my one of my favorite authors, Ayanna Van Zandt says, even if those gifts showed up in ugly wrapping paper, um, there's still something inside. The other thing that became really apparent to me too, and of course, you know, along the, the lines and the theme of um, conscious service, was looking for the opportunities for service and how those show up in so many different ways for all of us. So I, we often in this show talk about, you know, traditional forms of, of being of service. And many of us may have, you know, professional roles as service providers. But opportunities for service show up in our day-to-day life. They show up in our personal relationships. And many people believe that our relationships really are about being in service to each other. We're giving and receiving. We're learning from each other. We're mirrors to each other. There's maybe a soul contract that we have to fulfill in this lifetime. So my opportunities for service this year showed up in in a few different ways, for sure. And one of the big blessings at the beginning of the year was that I had the opportunity to um, pilot my six-month conscious service integration program with a small group of um, community organization leaders and um, to to bring the whole process through, um, to revise things, to learn through it, to be of service, to give and to receive at the same time. And I learned so much through going through that program with them. Of course, as I walked the path with my mom, there was huge and obvious opportunities for service and, and for, you know, again, giving and receiving. It didn't feel like a sacrifice. That is one thing I can clearly say in this moment. That did not feel like a sacrifice. And it was a blessing to be, again, to be a partner to her in that process. Coming home and planning the wedding, of course, was an opportunity for service. And there was opportunities along the way, you know, with my, my siblings, with friends that I hadn't seen for a while, not only to be of service, but to receive. And there was so much that became clear as well. I mean, I find that sometimes that's another gift of going through a a challenging time or a struggle is, again, you know, like my little slump in the new year, um, the opportunity to really tune into what do I need right now? Where do I need to go right now? Um, You know, what kind of activity can I engage in? What does my heart want and need? And really learning how to honor that. And I do think that um, those challenging times are sometimes the greatest teachers for that, kind of, for that kind of experience to really honor our hearts and souls. I had the opportunity to work with several groups of students um, going through online learning. And that, again, was a huge opportunity for service and to be present and to, again, receive and learn through that kind of an interaction. So focus in on your opportunities for service and look for some of the unexpected opportunities for service that show up. And they can be, again, the the little interactions that happen with strangers. Um, I had strangers that showed up like angels out of nowhere um, when we were going through the, the difficult time with my mom to help with things like flat tires and, you know, to provide directions or to, 
you know, um, offer just a little reprieve or a shoulder. And that happened over and over again. And that was, again, an opportunity to say, okay, I might not like the big picture here right now, but here's an opportunity for gratitude. I'm wondering, too, um, what kinds of rituals people may engage in at this time of year that go beyond perhaps celebrating the season, but that focus in on how you can really honor your experience. I mean, as much as, you know, many of us might like to think that, you know, we want to live in this peaceful, blissful, joyful, forever state, you know, um, laughing and and excited all of the time. We know that living here on, on earth is not always a bowl of cherries, right? It's not always full of that. So how do we um, instead perhaps look at how we can really honor the richness of life's experiences and the gifts that come through all kinds of um, situations that we might find ourselves in? So I'd like you to think about a ritual that will help you to honor this year and honor yourself and honor how you moved through the experiences of the year. How graciously were you able to receive? How strong were you in your capacity to show up when the going got tough? How true were you to your own heart? What is your heart telling you now? And maybe take some time to set some intentions for yourself. You can start with intentions for this holiday season. As I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation today, sometimes, you know, we have a lot of high expectations for um, the holiday season, no matter how we might be celebrating. And um, sometimes, you know, having high expectations can leave us vulnerable to, to disappointment. So perhaps setting intentions for the holiday season might be more powerful than, um, than getting wrapped up in some of our expectations. You know, I mean, we're, we're filled with a lot of information from the media around us and the, the commercialism and everything else that kind of get us into that state of, you know, what it, what is it going to mean? What is it going to take for us to have a joyful time or a happy time? Um, but you can also take the opportunity to just go into your own heart and, and settle in on a few intentions for moving through this season if you find that it can be challenging for you. So setting intentions, finding rituals to honor the year and honor yourself, no matter what you might do to celebrate or not depending on your own uh, traditions and beliefs. So let's talk a little bit then, too, in that same um, vein about how we set the stage for next year. So I don't know how many of you maybe get into setting resolutions, you know, resolve to do this, resolve to do that, resolve to stop this, resolve to stop that. And we often get, you know, a lot of information at this time of year, too, about, you know, starting off the next year right and, you know, getting going on some kind of a, maybe it's a health or a fitness routine and making changes to your lifestyle and those kinds of things. And over the past few years, though, too, I've also noticed a lot of information out there that's encouraging us to shift out of that kind of resolution setting thing and even, you know, look more at, again, intentions, intentions versus resolutions and perhaps commitments versus goals and I remember oh this is a good probably a more than a year ago 
when somebody asked me about my commitments and immediately I went into my commitment, you know, to my family members, my commitment here in this situation, my commitment there. And I didn't say anything out loud. I was just thinking about it. And this person said, it's not commitment to anyone else or anything else. It's your commitment to yourself. And using that as a powerful guiding question, what is my commitment to myself? And it was hugely empowering for me. Um, and a really quick and direct route to clarity. Very, very quick. Um, because it's so easy, and I think this is, again, common for service providers, it's so easy to constantly be thinking about the commitments we've made outside of ourselves and how we need to show up for that. And I'm not saying, you know, we throw that all to the wind. I just feel that it is just as important, equally as important, to tune in to the commitments that we are making to ourselves and how we honor those commitments to ourselves. Like, are we the first one that we drop off the the list as soon as, you know, things get heavy or busy or overwhelming? Do we forget about ourselves? So I would encourage that as you're thinking about things that you'd like to see unfold for you in the new year, um, things that you would like to see grow or expand, areas where you'd like to learn, um, experiences you'd like to deepen, relationships maybe that you'd like to begin or that you would like to heal or improve, anything like that. And I would, I would look at this on a holistic level too. Think about yourself from a, as a physical being, as a physical vessel. Um, think of yourself from an emotional perspective, from an intellectual or mental perspective, on the spiritual realm as well, and how you're interconnected and interacting with people in your world and with, with situations and experiences in your world. So kind of do like a global view of all of that. And when you start to get a vision of, you know, your highest vision, your ideal scenario that you'd like to see, um, start thinking about it in terms of commitments to yourself and see if there's a few commitments that you can make as you're moving into 2018 that you can use as touchstones to come back to and reflect upon and, and use that powerful guiding question. You know, what is my commitment to myself in this situation because it can become very powerful it doesn't have to be like an overarching thing it's something that you can bring back to right now so if I'm committed to maintaining my integrity say for example you know saying yes when I mean yes saying no when I mean no um, following through with plans for myself um, whatever it might be if I want to call that integrity, then each time that I get the feeling that I might want to step out of that integrity for one reason or another, I can use that as a touchstone to come back. And it's not about keeping ourselves on a rigid, you know, tight leash or, or whatever, um, but it's about using it as a, a bit of a, a home, an internal home that we can tune back into in order to stay on the track that we said we were committed to. And at the same time, if we find that there's a commitment that needs revision, we can do that as well. So just encouraging intentions versus resolutions, commitments versus goals. And beyond what we would like to simply achieve, how do you wish to feel? What kind of feelings do you want to be embodying and experiencing in your life 
because our feelings are so powerful as messengers, right? And, and they show up through our physical sensations. So if we're finding we've got a lot of anxiety or we're stressed out every morning when we wake up or we're dreading something, you know, that, that emotion and that physical sensation that goes along with that has powerful information for us. So it gives us the opportunity to say, well, wait a minute here, something might must be up or something isn't sitting right again with my heart. So how do I wish to feel and start to set those kinds of um, milestones, I suppose, emotional milestones um, that you intend to reach? It's, it's huge to focus in on the emotions. And that's been another big uh, learning opportunity for me over the past year and a half or so. So what do you wish to achieve? And also, how do you wish to feel? And sometimes you can even combine those a bit more. And when, when you have an idea of what you wish to achieve, how do you expect that that's going to make you feel when you do? What's, what do you think the feeling will be when that achievement becomes manifested in your reality? And then sort of keep offering yourself the opportunity to step into that emotional field, to embody already that emotion, even before the reality is manifested for you. Think about your relationships. Think about your contributions. And especially as service providers, what are the contributions you want to make? Um, how, how do you wish to feel in those offering those contributions? What experiences would you like to have? And that could be anything from a, you know, I want to go on a trip or I want to experience a different living situation or I want to experience more abundance in my life. I want to experience, you know, waking up in the morning feeling excited and looking forward to the day. It could be anything um, that, again, is connected to your heart's desires. So those are a few questions you can ask yourself, a few opportunities to um engage in really thinking about the steps that you want to take forward. And one of the things that I like to do too, it's, it's just like a little creative visualization, something that I've sort of ad adopted from um, Shaki Gawain's work in creative visualization that I, I read many, many years ago. But looking at your ideal day, your ideal scenario, and uh, I mean, you can do this even with, you know, interactions or relationships with other people or specific experiences that you're thinking about. But just as, a, as an overall, what would your ideal day look like? And, um, and how would you feel? And close your eyes and start to imagine, you know, right from the moment you wake up in the morning, right through until the moment you close your eyes at night. What does your day involve? What, what are the activities? Who's there? How are you feeling? Um, what are the contributions you're making? What, what's lighting up your heart and soul? You know, and just get right into that and start to create an image of that in your mind. I was thinking the other day about our imagination as a crystal ball, you know, and when we want to sort of anticipate what's coming next. And, you know, I mean, it can be either an adventure or it can be, you know, uh, a nightmare. It depends on our perspective. We can either be afraid of the unknown and what lays before us or we can be curious about it and see it as, as an adventure and an opportunity to grow and maybe expand beyond the current reality that we have right now. So I would just encourage some of those activities to get ready to step into 2018. 
let's take another quick break and then I'd like to come back and tell you a little bit more about what I have planned for next year. You're listening to Serving Consciously. I'm your host, Elizabeth Bishop, and we'll be right back. of the same old boring training sessions you know those ones you sit in all day and take very little from head over to elizabethbishopconsulting.com to learn more about the conscious service approach and how your organization can benefit from webinars online programs and in-person workshops. Renew your sense of connection with yourself and others in real and meaningful ways. Be inspired. Be encouraged. Be energized. Be you and love what you do. Ready for a little inspiration? How about a moment in time to reflect, reframe, and rejuvenate? Join Elizabeth Bishop for Serving Consciously, a new radio show airing on the second and fourth Friday of every month at noon Pacific. Tune in to learn about the conscious service approach and find out how you can integrate who you are with what you do in service to others. Call in and speak directly with experts in the field and find out how they've discovered the joy of serving consciously. Welcome back, everyone. This is Elizabeth Bishop. I'm your host for Serving Consciously. And today we've been talking about ritual, tribute, honoring the year, um, focusing in on the unexpected opportunities this year, the surprises, the learning, the growth, the challenges, the blessings our own personal evolution and transformation and the opportunities that have been there for us to step into a state of conscious service. So I want to tell you a bit more about my plans for next year. Of course, I am um, 
going to be welcoming many more guests who are integrating conscious service personally and professionally into their lives and continuing to explore what conscious service means for people in a variety of different capacities. But what I also would like to do is to start to tell you a little bit more in-depth information about the conscious service approach. And I would so love it if people wanted to call in during those shows and just engage in, you know, how the information that day might be relevant to what's going on in their life and how they can apply what we're talking about. I mentioned earlier that in, in my exploration of the conscious service approach, because really it's, it's not static, it's very much an ever evolving process, very dynamic, um, shifting and changing. So it's, it, for me, it's been a source of ongoing learning and growth and, and spiritual expansion as well. But I mentioned earlier that, um, you know, when I had my guest, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Rubin on, we, we explored the idea of paradox and the gray area and how that kind of really um, gave me the aha moment about how much, so much of the conscious service approach lives in that gray area. And I mean, that fits for me. I, I find that I, I swim in that gray area zone a lot and I don't often see too many things in black and white. But I realized that one of the key aspects of the conscious service approach, it's, it's really about shifting uh, a paradigm. And I started to really notice how some of the um, aspects of it that I have developed really go contrary to what we have been encouraged to believe about what it means to be of service. So that's become really apparent to me. And I've noticed that it's, um, I think that's where a lot of the power of the approach lies because sometimes, you know, that shift in perspective can be so minor, but it gives us like so small, but it gives us a completely different view of a situation. And to me, that's what mastering the alternative perspective is all about. So I'd really like to focus in the new year on that development as masters of the alternative perspective um, as it's related to conscious service. And I just want to say, when, when we talk about mastery, that doesn't mean that we become experts. You know, that again, it's a mountaintop that we reach and now we've, we've become the master, the expert, and, you know, there's no more learning or growth. In fact, to me, mastery is an ongoing process as well. And really, it's more about getting back up, you know, showing up again, coming back into a process again, and that fits so well with the conscious service approach. So it's not like these are guidelines or practices that we have to carve in stone and we have to walk this rigid path and, you know, never step outside of it. It's, it's not about that at all. It's about continuing to come come back to that place that feels right within our heart, that's guiding us towards the intentions that we have set, to the commitments that we've made, not only to others, but to ourselves, and to ourselves first, really, because that gives us the most opportunity to show up in the, you know, the highest expression of ourselves that we are capable of. So mastery is a process. It, it really is about showing up, it's about getting back up, it's about learning, and it's about coming back into alignment over and over and over again. And I think that doing that personally, that mastery of that alternative perspective, that perspective 
shifting within ourselves personally is what actually ends up leading to shifting paradigms within the larger structures in our society. So if we're looking at, you know, within healthcare and human services, for example, or if we're looking at, you know, even in alternative approaches, you know, we, we often, um, you know, alternative practitioners work within a community of people as well. And we're trying to create shifts and help people create huge paradigm shifts universally. And we can also look at how does this play into shifting paradigms and, and um, patterns within my family, within my social circle, you know, within my community, my neighborhood. So it doesn't have to just be from that professional perspective. So just to give you an overview, the conscious service approach, I've broken it down into three sort of areas. So there's foundational, there's the process, and then there's the integration aspect of it. And there's 10 guiding principles that um, provide a blueprint, basically, for the overall approach. And within those principles, I've developed what I call cardinal truths. And there's 72 of those. <laughs> so what I would like to do in the new year, and what I'm going to do, is to begin an exploration of some of these different aspects uh, during the shows. And again, I really would love it if you called in and we could discuss challenges or um victories that you've experienced in relation to that particular topic. I was um, trying to figure out, oh, where will I begin and how to start from the top and all of those kinds of things as I was thinking about um, doing, offering some of this information next year. And then I thought, you know, it's so funny how you, you hear your own thoughts or you hear yourself speaking and then suddenly you get the answer. There's another opportunity for the answers that you're looking for. But I always encourage people who are learning about the conscious service approach to start where it feels most strong for them, to start with the cardinal truth or the guiding principle that is calling in the loudest whisper at that moment in your heart. That it does not have to be, you know, this is step one, step two, step three, step four. Again, it's interconnected. It flows back and forth. So starting with what feels right to you. And so that's what I'm going to do. As I continue to reflect through the end of 2017, I am going to um, consider where I stand right now, personally and professionally, in relation to the principles and cardinal truths of the conscious service approach, and will engage in discussion from that perspective. And I'm hoping that that will align um, with where you're at as well. So the the foundational components of the conscious service approach involve things like being holistic. So like I just had suggested to you when you're looking at uh, reflecting over this past year and getting ready for next year to take a holistic view of yourself and your life. Um, and to, and not so much about finding balance, but just to what areas seem to be the, the areas of your life that are calling to you right now? What areas do you really feel like you want to grow and expand? So that's one aspect of uh, the foundational aspect of it. And then there is also um, looking at motivations, values, um, expectations, those kinds of things, and how we show up in what I'm calling the experienced novice role. So how do we take everything we already know and then still show up with fresh eyes? with beginner's mind and come into our situations 
um, ready to see something new. I think that that's so powerful. We don't want to discount what we've learned and all of the wisdom that we've gained through the, the um, living our lives. And yet we don't want to necessarily keep on recreating that over and over and over again. We want to use it, integrate it, and then open our eyes to see something new and fresh, whatever it is around the corner. And then also looking at personal responsibility on a number of different levels. And, and that's a foundational aspect of stepping into conscious service. The process component of conscious service is something that I have highlighted over and over and over again. And we've definitely um, explored the different aspects of it through these shows over the past year. Um, the process is about self-connection, enlightened communication, transformative relationships and co-creating community with the active ingredient of self-reflective practice woven throughout that approach um, all the way throughout. So we've had guests on this year um, speaking about yoga and speaking about mindfulness and speaking about meditation and speaking about journaling. Those are different um, kinds of self-reflective strategies that we can use in order, in order to stay connected to who we are. And then the integration component of the overall um, idea of conscious service looks at how um, we access support for ourselves as service providers, um, how we can encourage families to access support when they're be um, um, advocating on behalf of a loved one, or how we can do that ourselves when we're advocating on behalf of a loved one. The, the reality is that you know any service that we might be providing to other people could very well become essential in our own personal lives as well. So nobody is immune, you know, to the impact of living in the world these days. So what we offer may be something that we um, need to receive at some point in time as well. And then also looking at points of power and looking at the points along our journey that have led us to where we are right now, and then creating a plan for how conscious service can be lived in our lives. Because, you know, intellectually as a concept, it doesn't mean a whole lot. It really has to be integrated into how we live and, um, and how we practice and how we show up and, and, and be aligned with how we're evolving. So that gives you a bit of an overview in a very quick little nutshell about the 10 guiding principles of the conscious service approach. And it's in the cardinal truths where you, would, you will see the gray area and the paradox. And I think it's so uh, exciting to talk about that because I think that's where we have so much power and where we can take um, abstract concepts and spiritual qualities and make them real and meaningful and lived in our lives and something that can guide us as we move along in our journeys. So I hope that you will continue to tune in in 2018. I want to thank all of you for, um, for being listeners of this show and for joining me on this journey. I want to thank all of the guests who have graced us with their wisdom, their insight, their humor, and their joy for the service that they are engaged in in their lives uh, through 2017. I'm so grateful to Contact Talk Radio and to Cameron and Lucia for the opportunity. It's been such a, a gift in my life to have this forum to talk about um, something that is so meaningful to me. So thank you so much to all of you. And I want to say, because it's my tradition, I want to say Merry Christmas. 
However, I want to recognize that Merry Christmas does not fit for everybody. So whether you celebrate any kind of holiday at this time of year, I want to encourage you to tap into the magic that is in the air as one year ends and another one begins. Because it really is from this magical place that I send you my very best wishes for health and happiness, for growth and transformation, for joy and love in your life. Thank you so very much for tuning in today. I hope you found this helpful, and I can't wait to see you in the new year. You've been listening to Serving Consciously. I'm your host, Elizabeth Bishop. All the very, very best for a joyous holiday season. Thank you. You've been listening to Serving Consciously with your host, Elizabeth Bishop. Consciously create your approach to work. Visit www.elizabethbishopconsulting.com. Join us on every second and fourth Friday at noon to continue rediscovering your passion. An MBA from a globally recognized and celebrated business school is achievable on your terms. Find your fit among the Kellogg School of Management's innovative portfolio of MBA programs, including one-year, two-year, part-time, joint degree, and executive options. Wherever you are in your career and your life, there's a Kellogg program designed to help you succeed. Visit kellogg.northwestern.edu slash MBA. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Garnishing your ham with pineapple? Pair it with a delicious Chardonnay to make their taste buds swirl. Deviled eggs are even better when paired with a light, dry wine like a bubbly Prosecco or a Pinot Grigio. For me, nothing beats recommending a great wine. And with such an extensive selection, I can help you find the perfect one in your budget. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this spring at Total Wine & More. Cheers!